Last time on Almost Heroes. Uh, last episode started with, um, I can only really call it a bar race. Uh, Glenn effectively tricked both Cosmo and Rangrim into thinking that uh, they owed a good amount of money for the big old party that was thrown the night before and had a very aggressive and hungover race to see who didn't have to pay, pay off the tab. Uh, it was a very absurd one-hour side quest at the start of last episode. It was a lot of fun, so if you uh, have an hour to kill, definitely go check it out. But um, once the race was over and the guys were ready to get out of uh, Tin Town and make their way to Gold Break, um, they hop in their handy-dandy cart. Uh, Glenn picks up a couple healing potions. Uh, Cosmo has very heartfelt words with his mom and gets some dope snacks. And uh, Rangrim basically tells Galia to kind of take over the town and have a great time. She's now got clout in the city, which is pretty cool. Hopefully she sets up a little, little bit of a, a nest egg for herself. Uh, on the route, we have a nice little moment between Co uh, Cosmo and Rangrim where Cosmo kind of just opens up to Rangrim and tells him that he hopes he makes his father proud, which is like a really brief side note, but it was a really cute moment. <laughs> so I have to make sure we mention it. Cosmo, you're, you're probably making your dad proud. Or he's going to be like Jakar when you're table, but whatever. Uh, during his travel, um, Glenn's reading the book from Cedric, and this book is the one that is uh, in regards to like the history of Goldbreak, the city itself. And as he's reading through it, the book's kind of recanting tales of disa disasters and mysterious deaths within the Goldbreak family. Um, there appears to be some kind of devious pruning of the Goldbreak family tree uh, during the basically the rise of the Blackworms. Um, we did get a little bit of insight as to kind of the structure of the four families, which we had mentioned a few times in the past. And quickly diving into my notes because I wrote down a little pyramid scheme that is their relationship. Um, we have the Goldbreak, who were effectively the nobles, the Silver Streams, which I think I'm getting all these right, correct me if I'm wrong, John, uh, who was sort of the merchant class. We have the Bronze Guards, who, Bronze Guards, excuse me, who were the stewards and the protectors. And we have the Blackworms, who were the, the fighters, the military force, kind of the, the mercenary get shit done of the uh, Sakalian Empire. Uh, shortly after reading through this book, uh, the guys take flight with the cart with their handy-dandy um, gigantic hand, <laughs> handy-dandy hand, and launch the carts into the night sky. While this is, or while the guys are flying towards Gold Break, both Rangrim and Cosmo decide to take a little bit of a nap because the hangovers didn't really give them great sleep. Um, and during this time, Chandrell and Glenn are discussing basically the Baron. Um, Chandrell, or I guess Glenn, asked Chandrell if she had heard anything about this group of wizards that the Baron says he was responsible for taking care of and killing. Um, and Chandrell was basically there in, in some aspect. She knew who the group was and they were not a small, or they weren't low-level wizards. They were definitely more on the dangerous uh, Archmage side of things. Um, but they also weren't necessarily morally good wizards. Probably wouldn't be invited to Cosmos dinner parties, maybe Glims, definitely Randrims. Um, but yeah, Chandrell then challenges Glenn to pull some shenanigans in Gold Break, which uh, both Glenn and BK are very excited about. Uh, as Cosmo and Rangrim are taking a nap, Glenn keeps watching, kind of maintains flight of the cart, making sure not to land it because last time it didn't go so well. But Glenn hears an intense beating of wings nearby, but he can't actually see the source. So he wakes the guys up and he kind of blindly just takes a shot, thinking, you know, it'll, it'll be okay. It's a, it's a rock, got to scare it away. Uh, it hits and it's fucking Jakar. So we fight the big bad, like without getting ready to fight the big bad. Um, 
Jakar turns around because he's not a huge fan of getting shot at and starts attacking us. So Glenn attempts to do some quick math and after some calculations, stabs the double-bladed scimitar into the car seat while casting darkness on the cart. And Rangrim just banks the cart straight down at the ground as fast as it'll go. The cart gets hit by a heat or a breath weapon of some kind, fireball or who knows what, there's an intense flash of heat across the cart. It just starts spiraling, spinning straight down. Cosmo's in the back. He was taking a nap. Now he's just rattling around like a bunch of coins in a can. Um, while we're rotating and in complete darkness and Rangram has no idea what he's shooting at, he blasts off a fourth level guiding bolt, which I don't even know how many D8s that is, but probably a lot, uh, and vaporizes a poor random couple at Goldrake's makeout point. Uh, Short-lived NPCs, if nobody got to see that part. Uh, then Cosmo jumps out of the cart like a paratrooper in SEAL Team 6 to fight Jakar in the air because Cosmo can apparently now fly, he thinks. Uh, while in the air, Cosmo casts Abjure Enemy, which is uh, basically strikes Jakar with a, a bout of fear. Um, basically slowing Jakar, not necessarily stopping in his tracks, but giving Jakar a reason to maybe not pursue as aggressively. Uh, but we still have Cosmo flying towards the Earth at about 10,000 feet. So Rangrim quickly hits the proverbial e-brake and Cosmo uh, Missy steps his way towards the cart, but we're still kind of spinning, not in full control, and Cosmo ends up just smacking right onto the cannon underneath. And the true hero of all of this, Genevieve, with her little tiny tentacle arms, grabs onto his hand and they have a nice little casual sail off into the distance, di distance, distance as we approach Goldbreak. Uh, and that is where we left off. Thank you very much, BK. That brings us to episode 86, Baron Necessities. So, when we last left off the Almost Heroes, the three of you had narrowly escaped an unexpected encounter with the monster Jakar and are continuing your donkey-driven flight towards the capital city of Goldberg. So, as dawn approaches, the three of you look ahead and see the sprawling city of Goldbreak, gleaming in the warm glow of the New Day sun uh, several miles ahead. Uh, below you stretches the expansive farmland surrounding the city center. As the sky slowly grows more and more illuminated, uh, you know, uh, just from experience, that the Dusk Forge enchantments will soon fade. Uh, so, what would you like to do? Uh, uh, holy shit, can we land this thing? I mean, I don't I don't think I necessarily see Jakar. Can I do like a quick scan to see if, I mean, I feel like it's been a while. We're not necessarily too worried about it, but definitely. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, roll me a, um, because if you, yeah, because of your, um, because of your like vantage point, roll me a, uh, a perception check with advantage. I don't have my guys, this makes me so sad, but D&D Beyond to the rescue. Here we go. Those were both terrible, but an 18 because of reliable talent. I'll take it. Okay. Um, yeah. So you um, uh, you you look around and you're fairly confident with both your vision and hearing, uh, even with the kind of wind whipping past you, um, that you don't feel like you see anything. Like you don't see anything um, out of the ordinary. There's no giant dragon uh, flying behind you a dragon-like creature or whatever uh, Chikar is uh, flying behind you. Um, but 
you do also know that they apparently have some ability to cloak themselves. So you won't know 100% for sure, but you feel fairly confident in your abilities to uh, perceive them and you don't feel like you see them at all. I think we might be in the clear. Cosmo, you good down there? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, is he still gonna... like white knuckle, like ripped to the bottom of the cart? I don't know if we if we actually just kind of like out of session, just kind of let myself be on the top of the cart, or if we just white knuckled hanging onto the cannon into the sunrise. I have a question. When... I have a question. It's just because I can feel like I could see you guys putting something like this in. Would there be any cause for, because this cart's fully custom at this point, would there have been any cause to put some sort of hatch in the bottom of the cart that would let you access the cannon? Uh, less access the cannon, more have to ditch the goods, if you will, if we're, you know, being chased. Uh, Glenn has, has smuggled enough to know that as many access points as possible. But I also think Glenn would have <laughs> at one point, if not immediately right now, had just thrown a rope over and been like, hey, like, come on up, I, I got you, and would have helped him. Um, okay. Yeah, we're still very high up. Yeah, roll me that uh, Roll me that strength check. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I rolled an 18. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, surprising, uh, surprising yourself and uh, definitely your, your, your heavy dwarven companion <laughs> covered completely. In full armor. In in full uh in full plate armor uh you're able to uh you're able to pull up cosmo without uh you know without too much those those you know those kettlebell lifts those morning workouts are really kind of starting to come through yeah they're they're paying off uh kind of helps him into a seat and see, that was uh that one's on me guys i i definitely thought that was going to be something maybe a little more uh apprehensive of trying to fight us but that guy definitely brought the smoke. Um, I will not go shooting into the night sky anymore. Seems like a, a dangerous way to live. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it was an accident. You know, he was just looking out for for us. And, uh, I mean, I had a good time. I mean, it, it, yeah, definitely. It was an accident. So we can just forgive everyone who shot at a, a big evil um invincible dragon creature someone who may have killed two innocent people on a cliff let's just forgive all of our transgressions for the previous evening i i think we all agree to forget and uh just right, let's let's land this thing and keep going all right yeah we're almost a gold break we should probably stop outside of town i don't know how much gold break would know or i guess the the imperial guard would know about our cart but this is kind of a conspicuous and i feel like we need to be as under the radar as possible before we head into a town that basically all wants to kill us i mean it can be it can be assumed as as it as it would be said uh, that they probably do they they know maybe there's John, a... you said that um don was kind of uh creeping up on us yeah, Don's Don's getting pretty close. Um, you you probably have you know, you have some like a, a small amount of time, but you can see that you know light is starting to creep over the horizon. Um, okay. I will say this too: the um, you all made some significant upgrades to the cart physically uh, since you were in Westreach, so it does physically look very different than it did before. 
Um, so there is that just, I just wanted to like, you That's know, great point. point that out. Mm -hmm. Good call. Oh, well, I don't think we'll be really flying in anyways. I don't think we got much uh, time and I think he would kind of just start easing it, easing the cart towards the ground in general, just cause yeah, I don't getting think the, Rangrim the, has any idea what happens. Yeah, when like when like it's daylight, if it just like falls like a stone, do we keep gliding? We don't know. So that's just wants a great to get on the ground. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think you're starting to see like a slight like dimming of the 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 um the magic. Like it's it's you know as the light is is getting as the sky is getting brighter, the the like the the kind of violent violet color of the that the cart is glowing is kind of starting to dim a little bit. So it does seem to be kind of you know. There's a little bit of a gradient there where it's not just immediately like, you know, you aren't just, it didn't just strike midnight and all of a sudden like your carriage is now a, you know, a mouse or whatever. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, if you're leading it down towards the ground, below you are just like expansive, expansive, uh, just farmlands beneath you, uh, growing all manner of of wild Sakalian uh, vegetables, definitely the, the the crazy rainbow corn, definitely the the whatever the purple grape, whatever the purple like whatever crazy uh, I forgot what kind of wild um, uh, corn like uh, carrots we described at some point, but anyway, oh, right. uh, yeah. all those carrots, crazy the, the looking rainbow corn was a was a thing. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, um, but yeah, so so beneath you, but you can see also too that there are these, you know, roads leading in from into Goldbreak from multiple uh, different, uh, you know, different varied sizes. Um, so yeah, uh, roll me a uh, roll me an animal handling check with advantage to uh, try to set this uh, this baby down. Animal handling. So that was a sixteen. Okay, yeah. I think that um, you are able to, I mean, the donkeys trust you. They're a little bit shaken by what just happened. So I think it takes a little bit more coaxing to get them down. And so they're, they're moving a little bit slower. You're getting a little worried about, you know, maybe you might not make it to the ground fully in time. But um, I, I think that you maybe dropped the last, uh, you know, 30 feet or so a little bit quicker than you might have wanted to, but not in any way that it's going to damage the cart. You get a little bounce as you're going, uh, as you as you hit the ground, but the uh, the girls are fine. Since it's a, a sprawling city and there's a bunch of farmland around it, I imagine there's like a good amount of industry that also sits outside of town. Is there any, um, you know, maybe bars that people of ill repute might frequent that's maybe on the way into town, but not in town? Maybe um, a place that we can find an access point to the Baron? Yeah, so um, roll, well, this is an interesting thing. So question, has Glenn been to Goldbreak before? I think Glenn would be trying to avoid a city like Goldbreak unless he had to go in. Um, okay. So he, then it's not, yeah. it's not going to be a history check. I'm going to say, would this be a wisdom check then? Like a, like a... It like, would what, be like, like back would, in the day, it, it used to be uh, streetwise. That was the role for something like this. But I don't know right. what it would be now. It's almost survival. Roll me a survival check. Well, maybe it's a perception because you're, if you're just one, if we find yourself in a position, we're just looking around for investigations, as Jukro says. Okay. Uh, yeah, investigation would actually be really good. Trying to see like a good lead, if you, you know. Investigation's good because that, that uses intelligence, I believe, which is, would be, would work for this. 
I will take that. Uh, thank you for reliable talent. That is a 17, no, 18. Okay. So um, as you are kind of, you know, you got the bird's eye view a little bit of gold break as you were getting closer to it. And now like you're down on the ground, you can see that um, the way gold break is constructed, it's kind of a inner city walls that are like, you know, that seems to be the inner part of the city with a massive wall that goes around it. And, you know, all these gleaming golden rooftops that are just kind of like contained within the main center core of the city. And kind of radiating out of that is these kind of this like, uh, I guess, you know, the rest of the city, you know, the, the smaller, uh, the, the lesser folk, whatever, like the people where people live, where the, where, you know, the, the lesser kind of lower income peoples of the city would be. Um, so you can see that kind of radiating out from that, there are definitely buildings and, you know, before you would actually get to like any kind of city gates or anything like that. So I think that you're completely right. I'm, you may not be able to fully, um, like, you know, out in the stretches where you're just seeing like basically residential homes and maybe some sort of like processing facilities and whatever else for some of the crops that are being grown here. Um, maybe some like lumber yards, things like that, that are going to be out this far. Um, but you can see that like you are probably before you get into the actual heart of the city, you would likely be able to run across like a, a more lower income uh, tavern of some sort, or, you know, maybe where the more common folk would be, uh, you know, grabbing a, a nail at the end of the day. Okay. I, I mean, I'm looking at the map. Would the Starwood, Starwood Inn be like a far outreaching or we're still kind of outside that nebulous as well? So that that's, that's pretty outreaching. I mean, that you're, okay. you're slightly outside of that right now. And you're actually right now coming in from the, uh, the East. Uh, so oh, you, cause that, that would have been the South. So the closest, I mean, this is a little bit of metagaming, but um, the closest to the east there on the way in would probably be uh, the, you know, brutality. Uh, if, but of course, you don't know that. Um, but out of OOC a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could you could look around. Maybe there's some, you know, if you get a little get closer into town from where you are right now, you could probably look around and see if there's just like a little, you know, dive bar kind of situation. Is is there a cardinal? direction or is it actually sitting north south east west it's sitting north south finally this is this one's Thank actually you. sitting north south yeah <laughs> uh so yeah i get like we're landed and we're kind of trotting along um and once i kind of recognize you know one of those little divey bars so I, I like to think it's like a biker bar where like out front there's just a bunch of like random mounts it's not just horses it's like there's like a gnome with a big ass dog and Everyone's got their own little gangs. Um, There's a ram out there inexplicably. Yeah, hell yes. Hell yes. Absolutely. That's the, that's the handlebars. Yeah. Uh, Glenn's going to look over to Wrangler. Wear uh, and, and Cosmo and go, do you think it, it might be a good idea to, you know, maybe stop in, in here and see if anybody might have a lead on how we can get into town? Or I spoke with Chandrell a little bit last night. And I mean, I know I'm going to be able to get in. I don't, I don't know how you guys will necessarily be able to change your appearance for, you know, long spans within the city. We might be able to, you know, maybe catch, catch a glimpse of someone we might want to impersonate, but I'm trying to figure out a, a way to get you two in and, and be a little less conspicuous than we usually are when we enter towns. Well, I mean, uh, how do we know that they, uh, that they know what we look like? I mean, uh, 
we haven't seen our faces around on any wanted posters or anything yet. I mean, as I mean, I guess Cosmo would look around for. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> any. Um, I mean, so on the outside, uh, you don't currently see anything. I think that as you're like coming up to this place, um, that just says like fads on the outside, like doesn't, it doesn't, it just says like, has like a small, like crappy, crappy sign. That's like half broken. I think there probably is like one of the letters is hanging upside down of this. Like it was probably just a house, a wooden like house with like a small porch that kind of wraps around it. Um, and has been converted into some sort of like, you know, you know, dive bar kind of situation. Um, and you can see that like the windows on the inside, like the door is, is just kind of like partially open and you can hear like some kind of muffled voices coming from inside and the windows are just like so caked with soot from just like so many fires and never being cleaned that you really can't see through them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, uh, you can take a, take a trip into Thad's if you like. Oh, uh, based on the whole vibe of this uh here establishment glenn why don't you uh i mean or Rangram, if you want to go in first it doesn't uh not that it's a bad thing it doesn't quite seem like a place that i would be welcome i mean well we can fix that and Rangram's just going to take some of like the dirt that's just like on his like robe and attempt to just smear it on cosmo's face and armor but it like just hits his face and then his armor can't get dirty so it just cling, and now he's just got dirt on his face like well um how do you do that uh it's a long story but uh thanks for trying <laughs> i mean it wasn't supposed to be mostly on your face it was trying to well i was helping well i, I think i'll be fine if they're looking for a dwarf they're looking for one with two good eyes and one with a bad eye and an eye patch. They're not going to be looking for one with a good eye and a magic eye. That That is a good point. I can, let me just pop in real quick, see if I can't make the, you know, find a quick connection to the Baron. Maybe, maybe someone's got a, a back route we can, we can take into town. If, if that's the first stop we want to make, uh, I mean, this is a huge city, and there's going to be tons of opportunity for us to fuck this up. Maybe we uh, don't do that immediately. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, that it, let's not do that at all is my uh, goal, really. But um, yes, immediately, also not 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 ideal. All right, just pull the card over real quick. Give me give me five minutes, and I will I will be right out. If I'm not out in five. Uh, probably just keep going. Yep. And Glenn's going to like hop off the cart and going to throw the mask of many faces on. And I'm going to turn into like Chesk, but less intimidating. Like still like a tall human, but not like I'm here to fight. Not everybody. so broad. Not like, yeah, exactly. not like, not, yeah, not, not like ripping brick bars shit off house. of ships. <laughs> yeah. Not brick shit house, like oak shit house. Like, like a, there maybe like a, like, yeah. <laughs> Like a like a like a wheat shit house. Like a <laughs> what do the, the three little pigs use? <laughs> well, I was gonna say I think Glenn right straw. now is a wheat shit house. Yeah, he's, he's a straw he's really shit house. Want to be a stick shit? String house. bean. <laughs> yeah, that. And I'm gonna oh my God. just gonna walk in like zero, zero like apprehension or anything. Just gonna push the door open, 
And um, yeah, what do I see? Okay. Um, yeah, so you uh, you walk in, push the door open the rest of the way, and it kind of just like the just the loudest, creakiest fucking door. Like it doesn't, it's not like a quiet entrance. You just push this thing open and it goes, and then kind of uh, wedges against the floor. And like you can see in the ground that like this probably hasn't been pushed open all the way in some time. Like it's probably just like kind of a thing where people just enter through this door. You just see like it kind of carves a pile like a pile of soot across the in like kind of like a, a semicircle as the door opens and uh everyone stops in this in this uh small little place you can see a kind of ramshackle uh, shoddily built uh bar that is on the far side uh, when i say far side i mean maybe 10 feet from you because this building is not large um and there are like maybe two two little kind of uh ramshackle uh like tables set up with a couple different uh no chair matches whatsoever uh most of which uh some of which don't even have like the arms on them anymore it, like seems like maybe some of those things have been pulled off and used in fights and whatever else like it, it bolted back together this place is uh held together uh with basically uh you know spit and dreams essentially and uh you see just like a good mix of, of different races um all of which seem to be kind of you know, blue collar, working class people, uh, you know, you can see like, you know, there's, uh, you know, the, the multicolored, uh, you know, corn has rubbed off on one of the, on one of the people. There's like, he's covered in like different colors of, uh, of, of, you know, husk and whatever else. And uh, you can just tell, you can tell like, these are, these are people that probably worked in the, in the farms around the area. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, behind the bar, you can see that just barely peeking over it, uh, you can see one of the nastiest looking halflings you've ever seen with a, uh, who has, you know, similar to uh, Rangram, has an eye patch, but also just has like roughly cut hair that like is definitely self-cut and like is not hiding like a huge scar that goes across the top of their head. Um, but uh, yeah, as soon as you walk in, it just goes quiet. And then you hear just a raspy voice from behind the counter goes, yeah, but what do you want? Uh, hello, good to, good to meet you. My name is uh, Tesk. I'm heading into town here to, you know, get some work done. But I was, I was told to meet up with someone. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the name, the, the Beren, the, 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 I'm sorry, the accent, it kind of gets me every time. The Baron, I think it might be. Does that sound familiar to anybody? And just immediate inside check on everybody's reaction in that room. Um, yeah, okay. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, roll me that inside check. Oh, that was almost so good. Uh, 14. Um, I, I think that with a 14, you pick up that, I mean, people were quiet before they were kind of looking at you with that like you know like this guy you know is unfamiliar and this is probably a place that maybe 10 people frequent on a regular basis uh from from the looks of it um and you can just tell immediately that it goes if the silence could get any quieter it does in that moment Perfect. as soon as you say this stumbling of the baron uh making yourself immediately sound like someone who has no fucking idea what they're talking about um and uh, it's like walking into a basement like hey i've been i'm really trying to find it's called the mob 
I, I get like the Italian <laughs> mope. I, does anyone know about this? I, hey, I, I saw it in Sopranos and I really need to find a connection with the mope. Um, and I, I think that in that moment, uh, you, uh, the, the, the halfling from behind the counter, like you, they must step up on a stool or something, get a little bit taller they can see their torso up and sets down the glass that they're cleaning goes, I think that you might have the wrong establishment, my friend. Might be uh, best that you go on and mosey on your way. Find a, get into the inner city a little bit. Find a, more of your folk, I guess. Um, as Tesk uh, just like kindly waves super, like the loudest possible wave, if that's possible. Just like super friendly. It looks like he's, if you were ever doing this in a foreign country, you're getting robbed. Um, and just kind of goes, thank you for your time. I, I'll see you around. And he's just going to turn right around the, like, didn't even enter the building, turn right around and walk out, get to the cart. Hopefully no one's watching me. I guess a quick perception check to see if anybody's watching me as I come out. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Roll away. me, uh, roll me that perception check. And as I'm kind of walking towards the cart, I'm going to like signal to the guys, like putting a thumb behind me, like, Hey, Keep an eye out in case they want to do similarly. Um, oh man, 25 for perception. Okay. Uh, yeah, you see a couple things. Uh, you see that, um, you see a couple people standing in the doorway that are, are watching you. Um, they have seemingly resolutely moved the door back to its partial open status uh, after you left. And then uh, you see a low window on one of these kind of, uh, you know, infinitely smudged windows, uh, you see like a little hand go like and clean a little spot. Um, and you see a pretty nasty looking halfling peering at you with one eye out that, out that window hole, uh, just kind of keeping an eye on you as you're, uh, as you're heading back to the cart. I don't make any change of pace. I don't like make any deceptive movements. I, I get into the cart and don't drop my facade by any means. And I say, okay, guys, Baron knows we're here. We can keep going. And yeah, just kind of motion. Like you can start heading down the road we're on. I love it. I love the tactics there. You, yeah, you not missing a beat ring room, but just kind of just get the card up to a slow clock. Like we're not in a rush to get anywhere. Very nonchalant. <laughs> you Tesk is sealed giant waving. <laughs> you wanted nice him to uh know we were here. Well, I mean, I imagine the quickest way for us to sneak to the Baron would be for the Baron to sneak his friends towards us. So yeah, I mean, sometimes they just hold the door open for you, you know? Sometimes. And like takes drop the mask of many faces. Well, I guess y'all sometimes all you have to do is just poke the baron. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Glenn cast disadvantage. Bane on Cosmo. Uh, I'm giving inspiration to Cosmo for that. That was incredible. I'm giving inspiration to Bobby. He can give it to Cosmo if he wants. There you go. Nice. I mean, Cosmo is the one that said it wasn't even Bobby. Bobby, so. That's fair. That's fair. No, never mind. Bobby, I take it back. It's Cosmos. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, one way to do it. I figured a group that's that, you know, buried in cloaks. They are going to hate any noise that's coming their way, especially from outside of town, even worse from an outsider. So I imagine in the next 500 to 
5,000 yards, we're going to get greeted by some friends. So just stay ready and remember, hit him with that Rangrim smile that you always do so well. Oh, you know me. It's um, just a real charmer. Yes. It seems... Sorry, Cosmo, didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. He's just a real charismatic fellow. The old razzle-dazzle. <laughs> It's it's looks like Goldbreak is pretty diverse. I, I don't think coming up with any type of disguise is actually gonna be too difficult. I think as long as we hide that gleaming gold armor of yours and enough robes and Rangrim, you more or less don't offend the first group of people we talk to. I think I think we'll be fine. I mean, I guess that's fair. Right, and we just stay out of the temples. Oh yeah, your nosebleeds and the passing out, and yeah, that was bad. Well, I mean, Don't maybe we'll just order a magnet. Magnets. magnets. Didn't you want to go to the temple? Isn't that part of why we're here? Who did well, you want to see while you were here, Cosmo? Well, we uh, we do need to go find the the cleric of the seven. That was um, that was one of the things that we needed to do. Like that's following where, the leads for Chakar, right? Right. That's where we're going to meet Bryn. He's he's going to see his friend. Is that correct? I believe that's that's who his friend was. It was uh. No, it's uh the one that was at the Temple of the Seven is uh Cedric's. Uh. Nope. No, that's nope, that's, not, that's that's Kel. That's the historian that we also need to see. Oh geez, all these people that we're supposed to see. So many quest say, markers. As soon as you got into the city limits, just like started ping, 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 all of the time. It's, it's not the gold of the city that's lighting up. It's the gold of the quest markers. Yeah, <laughs> just absolutely. Um, just, just to make it clear. Um, so yeah, you don't know where to meet Kel, but Kel is the historian that Cedric right. uh, recommended you go see to find out more about the gold breaks and the rest of the families and potentially be able to like figure out if you wanted to investigate more, uh, you know, kind of this, this mysterious happenings that were going on in the Goldbreak family. Um, right. But Callahan is uh, is the cleric of the seven um, who who uh, Bryn had said had helped him trap Chakar uh, originally, and uh, he is uh, you know he is stationed here at the the Temple of the Seven. So we got to go to the temple at least once. All right. Well, whatever then. Maybe I'm, I mean, I've could, died once. Maybe I'll not pass out this time. Uh, I mean, okay. you died once and you came back. You're already doing better than most, kid. That's true. So uh, I mean, do we just keep doing circles until the Baron, like, finds us? Or do we just... What no, do I, we... Think we, I think we follow the road markers. If we head into town, maybe the nearest inn. I, I don't think we... They're really going to take too kindly to us trotting the girls through this beautiful city. Maybe we find a place to make camp. We got <laughs> all the gold in the world, so we probably just set up and take care of the girls, make sure they're safe. And Rangrim, is there anything you were in particular looking to do in Gold Break? Um, I mean, at, at one point, there was that idea of us going into that um, fighting tournament again. I mean, that was neat. Because they're doing that one here, but um, I mean, other than that, I'm kind of just uh, along for the ride with you boys on this one. 
That would be insanely convenient timing if it was also the time of the tournament right now. That, I mean, we're going to run into Baldor. That's he's, he's what I was going to say. We could, we could, we could uh, give him. A- oh, yeah. Maybe we don't do the tournament then if Baldor's going to be there. <laughs> you said I wasn't hey. supposed to offend anyone. He eventually rode off on us once we learned his tragic, horrendous backstory. Then you give him back his fake money as a gift. That was supposed to be money? Oh, oh God. <laughs> That's not good. I thought that was like a like a like a campaign that he was on. Well <laughs> Damn. I'm just getting kind of disappointed in myself. I mean, Rangram, you've I I can take the reins and kind of keep us going forward. There's send a message to Bryn, send a message to Baldor, see basically who's in town. I'm sure Bryn's here by now. I, would be amazed if he didn't or wasn't that's how sentences work but uh yeah see if baldor's here that's like what it's the range a thousand yards or some shit we could keep trying to see uh, if he's um, in town and see if we need some champions uh no sending like just doesn't have a range it's they have to just be on the same plane oh my God. <laughs> i don't think Man, the coverage the coverage with this with this divine carrier you have is incredible it's you know <laughs> Five the coverage you need. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's Verize. It's Verize God. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like if Baldur's here, we're gonna accidentally run into him anyways. So, uh, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, take the reins for a minute. And he just gets up from like the seat and just drops them and goes and like sits on the back where Glenn would normally be sitting reading his books. And just kind of sits there for a moment and just goes, Hey, Brain, gonna be in Gold Break uh, anytime. Um, where should we meet you? Uh, so you're actually can- casting Sending to Brain? Yes. Okay. I-, I didn't know if you were joking around and pretending to not, <laughs> pretending to have a conversation, um, <laughs> is- which totally. Oh, is God, within- which I'm so upset that we I've never thought about that until this very moment of just role-playing no, I, then i lied to them about sending a message but oh it didn't get back to me well damn rangram i'm never gonna get used to that i swear um hey you uh are you all in gold break is that what you said uh just outside the the city greater well damn you guys made better time than i expected um I'll just take that to, we can talk about it more when I see you, but um, I'll take that to mean that uh, Tin Town's all, everything's good there, which is uh, great to hear it. But um, whenever y'all can make your time to uh, get over to the temple, I'm just over here with Calhan. We're trying to get some things figured out, but um, it will be uh, beneficial to have y'all here as well. So we don't have to, you know, say things twice. All right. Gotcha. And he's going to yell up. Glenn's going to yell up real quick. Be like, remind him that we already fought your car and it, it like didn't go super well. Um, I don't know if I want to remind him of that. We'll bring up some bad memories. Um, hey, speaking of bad memories, Cosmo, remember when you said you didn't know if you wanted to go to the temple? Oh, I mean, you know, sure. Yeah, I remember that. I think it was like two minutes ago. How could I forget? Yeah, well, uh, Bryn's at the temple and that's where he wants us to meet him. Terrific. 
He's with with that uh with that guy there. Great. Um, just have him meet us at the front door, and uh, we're good. Oh, I mean, I'm sure we can knock. I would wouldn't just go right in. Right. Well, uh, let's uh, see if we can get in the front gate first, then, shall we? Yeah, one step at a time, right? Uh, this whole time, Glenn's been like reading the the village post signs of like where is the nearest, nicest, largest inn. We'd we'll be okay. looking for something that says like inn and livery, like a place for the the girls. Yeah. Um. I think so. Following the signs, then um, I'll I. I think that the one that's closest to you and the one that's going to make the most sense um, is you are seeing, uh, you start seeing these signs that most of the signs around town are pointing to whatever, like they're not like hand painted or anything like that. It's like mostly those signs that are just kind of like, there's a bunch of different arrows pointing in different directions on pieces of wood. And most of them are just like in whatever, like century Gothic, whatever normally cities use for their, uh, their like, uh, street signage or whatever, um, ye olde century Gothic, um, original Gothic, Wingdings. I guess with, uh, with fantasy. Um, but yeah, so, um, you start seeing these signs that seem to be like hand painted and they are like very kind of elegant scrolling with like these kind of, um, these kind oh, of like shooting exactly stars. wants to go. That is yeah, exactly it, where Glenn wants to go. <laughs> There's like little trees drawn onto it, like in a really nice, like really well kind of like uh, mannered way. And then you can see there's like this little star that's like arching across the top of it. And it just says Starwood Inn. Um, amazing. Glenn, like the first time he sees that sign, he's like, see, you guys, this is what I've been trying to tell you about. If you have the attention to detail, you stand out. Like, like Ranker, you can't even read half the words on those signs, but you could obviously read Starwood, right? Oh. Okay, right, read let's keep going. going. You're right, my fault. And then we, I just keep going. Okay, um, so you all heading in from the uh, from the far east, uh, you follow the signage to the southern part of the outer outskirts of the town, like almost like what you're passing right now is mostly farmhouses. Um, you, you know, getting getting a little bit smaller, much more rural out in the in this part of town, whereas it was a little bit more industrial on the east side, a little bit more of the manufacturing vibe. Um, you get to the southern part, and it's like larger lots and like bigger, more kind of uh, like grandiose houses. Like they're older, they're farmhouses still, but they're like you can tell that this is a little bit higher. This is there's a little bit more money in these area this area. Um, and as you're passing by like these different locations, you see like a general store. Uh, we see, you so uh, for one thing, you see like this boutique on your way there uh, called Close Minded, and you can see that like it's um, you know in the in the window there's all these like really kind of like out of the box kind of style of clothing, um, really kind of high end fashions of different kinds of leathers and different kind of foreign materials. Um, and you can see, I mean, it's closed right now uh, completely. Um, like it's, you know, just it's early, early in the morning. So they have not opened yet. It's just, you know, it's, it's like the ass crack of dawn currently. So most of these places are not open, but as you're passing by, you see this place called Closed Minded, uh, this boutique. Uh, you also pass by a, um, what looks like a kind of a city market and it's it's kind of juxtaposition in the middle of this intersection of like four different roads um and it's like this big open area and it's just kind of an open air market you can see all these kind of uh you know carts and different kinds of uh little tents that are set up for where normally like you know merchants would be selling their wares um and you can see a couple people that are setting up for the day but it's not 
currently, um, it doesn't seem like it's active. It seems like it's a little bit before it would be opening up. Um, you also pass by uh, a little general store uh, that you see a really like kind of uh, funkily uh, like hand-drawn sign in orange that says Mikey's Munchies. Uh, and it just seems like they have a bunch of different kinds of, um, of like, you know, snacks and whatever else there. Um, but yeah, so as you're making your way past this, uh, you get to the very out far outskirts and you see a beautiful house that starts to come up in, in the distance. Like that is basically like behind it silhouetted is just like farmland as far as you can see and like these beautiful orchards. Um, and the house itself is two stories tall. It has a beautiful like wraparound porch, uh, pretty much mostly like this, um, this white paint color, but it's almost like this pearlescent, like it has like a slight sheen to it as you're looking at it, it's reflecting the light in different ways, like almost like starlight. And then has like a, a slightly kind of like dark bluish uh, like roof on it that has like these speckled stars. Um, and you can see that like the columns that are in this place are, they are like, and it doesn't make sense for how they actually like would have grown there naturally, but they seem to be living trees instead of the columns that are holding up the um, the kind of patio around this house, like the, the little area, the walkway around it. Um, and they are, they're basically fully like, they, if they were grown naturally, they were done very specifically so, um, but these living trees basically make up the pillars uh, going around this, um, uh, the, yeah, this patio essentially is standing around the house. Just beautiful farmhouse, two stories tall. Super cool. Um, and you so can see sick. on the outside, you can see on the outside uh, that there is a sign that matches um, the signage that was leading up to it, but just so much more elegant, even, you know, at this larger scale, the detail is incredible. Uh, but you see that it displays the Starwood Inn. Um, and you can see a few people that are sitting out on the front porch. There are just rocking chairs kind of extended all around it. Just picture like the most beautiful bed and breakfast, like yeah. full, yep. full, like, you know, vineyard Airbnb that you have ever seen. Um, and uh, the doors are just, you know, kind of uh, welcomingly open to the fresh air, fresh morning air um, as you all approach. And you can see that there is like, you know, uh, as, as soon as you kind of come up, you see uh, a young boy that kind of uh, runs up to you all and goes, uh, are you all going to be staying with us today, sirs? He has his own theme music. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, <laughs> that's, anyway. Um, and that's all the time we have for today. Uh, yeah, we'll see, see you next night. time. Yeah. Yay. Bye. <laughs> peace out. Uh, yeah, I think Glenn's still driving. So uh, Glenn's going to kind of attempt to bring the girls to a slow. Um, He's just jogging and... next to you as you're going. Yeah. Sir, stop. Sir, are you staying? Are you, are you going to be staying with us? I uh, slow up the, the cart and say, there's... Is there a place for us to, to put our cart? Is, are you going to be able to take care of these girls? Because he and I like point to Rangram on top of the the cart, like, and I can't stress this enough: we'll kill you if something happens to these girls. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I'm very particular about um my my little friends here. It's weird. Well, you like treat them good, won't you? It's specifically kids he's willing to hit. It's very, it's, yeah. You're scaring the kid already. Look at him. We just got here, and you're scaring the children. Really? He's trying to help us out. Yes. Yes, right. fine, lad. It, Tell us. 
Where can we bed down our donkeys? Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to bed down our donkeys. I want to let them go to bed. I'm going to sleep somewhere else. Ew, you, you, you sirs are gross. That's, that's gross. <laughs> Ernie, he got a gold break. God damn it. You have... You're not even going to get into gold break. You're going to get kicked <laughs> out of the outskirts of gold break. You have so much um, class, Glenn. So much class. Uh, it might, might, it, it, maybe it would be best if you all were to uh, put them in the barn yourself. I can show you where to go. That sounds great. Lead the way. Or point us he, or whatever. He kind of like walks ahead of the cart, like like glancing back at you guys from time to time just to like make sure that you're following. But like you can tell that he is definitely like not upset that he is not having to talk to you all anymore. Um, and he leads you back uh, kind of around the side, uh, the right-hand side of this uh, this beautiful uh, kind of farmhouse. And back behind it is a, uh, a very simplistic, you know, barn that is uh, constructed of a, a similar construction where it has like the, the pillars on the outside are seem to be made of living trees. Um, the two front doors are, are kind of open wide and are ex, you know, extra large so that you can drive the entire cart inside of it. Um, and you can see that like, you know, once you, uh, the boy kind of walks inside and, uh, once you, you know, get it into there, uh, he's like, uh, I'm, I'm fully competent to be able to take the, you know, the, to take care of the animals and, and get them, you know, watered and, and fed and put away for the night. If, uh, unless you want to do it yourself, I don't, I don't want to upset you anymore. No, that sounds great. Looking around. It's like a bit, it's very big and like this place is very well kept, right? Yeah. Ringham's like looking around and he goes, oh, oh, holy shit. Oh, you got to forgive us. Um, we're not used to staying in um, places like this. So normally we have to threaten the people with like our stuff that like we're going to murder them if they screw with it. But I mean, you got you got a nice place here. Uh, what, what's, what was your name? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> What's a boy's name? What's a good boy's name? Uh, I'm not sure he wants Jeff to give Rob. you his name, uh, Rangrim. You scared him already. I mean, I didn't say it. I mean, Glenn said it, and then I just agreed. I'm not lying to the little guy. My my, my name was lost long ago. It was it, it, eons lost past. Lost long ago? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, no. Um, uh, yeah, my name's Barry. Well, Barry... Are you just taking care of those uh, girls? And um, you just keep this one for yourself. And he's going to give him like a gold piece and like try to hand it to him gently, but he's just kind of like one finger just pu like pushing it into his chest. Take it. And then just kind of like lets go of it. <laughs> I love it. Um, also, yes, uh, Cal I will be. I, I just saw the name. Calvin Hobbs is definitely one of the next characters to come up whenever we need a random character. Perfect. Oh, Thank Calvin you. Hobbs. That's perfect. So good. Um, <laughs> so uh, you see a little bit of wet. Roll me an intimidation check with advantage on this on this small boy. Intimidation well, or persuasion? Were you trying to be scary with this, Rangram? I was not, but I could you see how I might chest. have been accidentally. Oh, great. <laughs> um... <laughs> but but uh, one was a five and an eight okay um, an intimidation i do have a plus two bonus so that would be a solid 10 okay i think that um he doesn't let himself 
Uh, but the point gets across. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe it's softened a little bit by the fact that you were being nice, but your haggard appearance, I think, sometimes and the poke in the chest can sometimes come across a little bit as uh, more intimidating. Yeah, than persuasion uh, for this small boy, um, even if it wasn't meant to be. Uh, so he uh, just he, he's like, uh, yes, yes, sir. And it just kind of starts like undoing the straps on the donkeys and like leading them over to water and, and doing all that stuff as, um, uh, yeah, you all are. Is there anything you all are taking with you from the cart or you just kind of leave it all to, uh, you know, to kind of hang out there? Lynn is going to remove Genevieve and feed her a quick uh like snack that he's like a little, little, I don't know, dwarven granola bar and put Genevieve on his head. And it's normally like in a tricorn hat. Tricorn. And yeah. he, as he puts it on, he's going to say, Genevieve's like, uh, try to fit in, do something that the locals might switch, switch whenever you're ready, whatever feels right to you. And Glenn's going to start walking towards the, the full building with Cosmo, I imagine. Perfect. That's the super um, inconspicuous. This strange figure approaches the inn as his hat just turns into the hat you're horse. wearing. <laughs> like, oh, that's not weird. Genevieve, Genevieve, uh, after going like blah, 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 in uh, in response, um, turns into a uh, a a fedora made out of granola. <laughs> Perfect. The the Californian in me is shining through, baby. <laughs> I also have a granola fedora. If anybody's curious, that's so that's like a thing. I thought that was just like a random word generator. I immediately pictured like a Nature Valley cliff bar, but in the shape of like a fedora. Well, what else are you gonna eat when you go on long hikes? That's fair. I'm so you confused. eat your you eat your tiny mimic. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, historically, Genevieve turns into the texture of whatever she uh, eats. Um, so she she turned into the fedora, and then at the same time turned into the turned into the the, um, the granola. But the granola texture, I think, fades after a little bit. Um, okay. Definitely, the fedora <laughs> definitely so has confused. a big feather sticking out of it, though, like a really cool feather that's sticking out of it. It's like got the whole like bloop, it's like drooping down the end because it's so such a long feather. Um, you look super cool, and uh, I bet you would win a lot of arguments on the internet with that thing. Dude, the <laughs> amount of miladies you're about to get through the next few episodes is gonna be oh, insane. No. Hey, you gave me free reign to give you a hat. If if you would like to change it to anything, nope. uh, feel free to nope. request it. I'm not gonna um, tell. But I, I'm not gonna tell Genevieve what shape her her body needs to be. That's her her choice. That's fair. Yeah, you know what? You don't wanna you don't wanna hat shame her. No. Um, well, incredible. Uh, that's I mean that's the episode for us right there. That's that's really it, <laughs> it at all. Um. So, uh, what else are you doing? Uh, walking around with your granola fedora friend. Uh, yeah, Glenn's, that's the only thing Glenn wants to take off the cart. So if the guy's ready to go in, he's going he's gonna to follow Cosmo in because Glenn's not feeling super hot about the first interaction for this building and doesn't think he should be the one driving future negotiations <laughs> since he threatened a child not knowing that the child might be friendly. Uh, Cosmo would turn over to B- uh, Barry and just, oh, Barry, who do we see about... Uh... Uh, for uh, keeping these the cart and uh, donkeys housed here for a few days. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can um, you can go talk to uh, Ann and Calvin inside. They'll uh, they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to take care of you. Perfect. Thanks, lad. Uh, we'll we'll see you later. And Cosmo is going to 
wandered towards the front door. Room's gonna okay. just grab his Warhammer, which would have been stowed behind him, put it on his back. Thank you, Gary, and just follow Cosmo Love up it. front. Bring you it back see, the trope. You see Glenn leaning up against one of the, the tree things with one foot on the tree, one foot on the ground, flipping a quarter with the fedora kind of like down over his eyes. He's like, Thanks, kid, and then just like calls them in. I love it. Um, yeah, so uh, you all—that's you—you do that. I'm and the leaning, kid, uh, I'm leaning the kid into look, the fedora. The kid looks oh. on at you and is just like, "Man, that guy's cool. <laughs> I want to grow up to be just like him." Can oh. I insight check yeah. Barry? <laughs> uh, yeah, insight check him. Yeah, sure. Oh. I'm gonna use my life. passive. It's a 19. Does he really? Oh think man, Glenn's yeah. Cool? No, Barry. Barry thinks that Glenn, this like this. This granola fedora uh, high elf is just the coolest, the coolest dude this side of the Ebon Depths. Just like oh, totally. Granola yes. oh, totally. fedora high elf is my new favorite <laughs> D&D sentence. It's going to be my Twitter account. <laughs> that, I was going to say, that's a oh, great, that's, that's a great Twitter account right there. Oh, geez. Granola fedora high elf. I, I think all you need to do is just just make all your gifts, just make a, a, a fedora out of granola and just overlay it onto other memes and then just like recaption them <laughs> how that changes them. It's the whole account. Yeah, that's it. Um, wow, this is uh, incredible. Um, well, uh, as uh, so you all walk up to the front door and um, you see two figures uh, that are kind of like, you know, one of them sitting behind the counter who... Uh, Oh, you, you see, uh, you know, uh, uh, probably like um, you would guess them to be like an elven man. He's he's tall. He's he's lean, darker skinned, um, with kind of like uh, like kind of shoulder length, uh, blondish hair. Um, who's sitting behind the counter, just like a, a leather like vest on, with like not open with like you know, you know, like that kind of thing. Like just a closed leather vest with like some you know kind of uh, you know, I guess uh, what do they call it? What is the texture? Um, oh my god. Cloth pants. I don't know what the it's like. What the fuck do you call? Like linen, there's um tweed? linen pants. There you go. Okay. Linen pants. There you go. I, I did it. Um, but then the, what really kind of takes you by surprise is the what you can only describe as a tree person who kind of comes walking uh, from around the corner. They are, um, they are tall like an elf, but they're like their hair and kind of like their skin is like this mottled green color um, and like kind of branching out from their arms are like small leaves, almost like scales. Um, and they, uh, they come around the corner and uh, give you kind of like a warm smile and goes, oh, well, it's, <laughs> it's uh, nice to have more visitors in here. Uh, uh, you all plan to stay for quite a while or just the night? Well, how can we help you? Well, uh, I don't know that, uh, well, it's very nice to, uh, meet you as well, miss. And, oh, uh, I don't I'm know. I'm so sorry. That's, that's my, a part of my manners. Uh, I, I'm Anne. Uh, this is Calvin over here. Uh, we're the, we, we operate this establishment. Um, what are y'all's names? Uh, you can, um, you can call me Mr. Stoneheart. If, if. That's a little bit more formal than I, I generally am, but uh, I'll, if that's what you prefer, Mr. Stoneheart, of course. And uh, my, my friends are 
Well, they're not used to being in cities this big. But um, I was just... Uh, I don't think we really need a place for us to stay just yet. But we did seek out the stable boy and uh, we set him up with our pair of donkeys and our cart to, uh, to potentially set them up with a place to stay for a couple of days, likely. Oh, uh, yeah, so you already met Kevin then, okay. Ke Kevin? I've, I've, he's introduced himself as Barry. Well, that's odd. Okay, uh, y'all didn't uh, scare him or anything like that. That might have made him, uh, you know, tell him tell you a, a false name or something like that, would you? Uh, as he just like peers over his shoulder at his friends. Glenn, Glenn does the a hundred percent does the fedora tilt and goes, "Lady." <laughs> <laughs> oh well, look, we got a got quite the gentleman here. Is that uh? Now, is that fedora made out of granola there? It is, but you can't really eat it. It, it tends to bite back. It's best if you don't touch. You could try, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, she kind of like looking at it and goes, oh, that is a, it is a curious, uh, that is a curious little, uh, seems quite a, seems like a, quite a sweet temperament though. And she's kind of uh, looking at it and like, uh, you can like feel Genevieve kind of like, moves shuffles a little bit on your head um yeah um well so how much uh would it be to uh have have the the animals in the cart here for a few days oh if you're just if you're just storing i mean there are there are cheaper liveries within the town if you uh, if you're not looking to stay here but uh i mean we're, we're happy to put it up we'll you know we'll we'll keep them safe we uh, don't have a lot of visitors around uh, right now, but uh, we so we we have plenty of room in the stable. Uh, I mean, probably just you know two gold a night or something. We can uh, we can keep them in there, keep them fed two, and watered, and sure, yeah, two gold a night seems seems fair. I'm sure that there are uh, other livery establishments here, but um, we don't we're new here, so we're uh, kind of staying on the outskirts. Well, where are y'all from? Uh, I'm I'm from a, I don't know, a rock throw away. It's a tin town. Oh, tin town. Uh, I uh, yeah, I th I think I heard of it. There's um, uh, got a lot of mining over there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a small mining town. I'm I'm impressed you've heard of it. Oh, we get we get all sorts through here in Goldbreak, and uh, you know I, I try to I try to get to you know get to know everyone that passes through. So you know from time to time we have some some traders who have uh, maybe not originated from from your 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 quaint little town there, but you know have uh, have passed through it and maybe done some some dealings with. Uh, seems like I mean I haven't heard anything uh, you know kind of untoward. From it, so it uh, seems like y'all are running kind of a nice little operation over there. Uh, maybe I'll take, maybe uh, Calvin and I'll be able to, you know, take a little trip. And we've been meaning to get a, get away for on a weekend for a while now. Well, there's certainly not too much to uh, too many sights to see in Tin Town. You you can pretty much walk across it in just a few moments. But uh, you know, lots of great shops if you're looking for things or fun little rocks. 
you know, we probably sell lots of rocks. <laughs> oh, now don't you put me putting your town down. I'm, you'd be proud of it. I'm sure that there's a, you know, every small town has its own little heart to it. So I, I'm, I'm sure it's just, I'm sure there are sights to be seen and things to behold. So you, you'd be proud of your little town there, buddy. Uh, I will. And uh, I'll, uh, we'll just prepay for, I don't know, say five nights. Uh, we have we have quite a bit of business in uh, Gold Break. Uh, it, hopefully, it won't be too much more. But just in case, I'd rather be paid up and not know that we're good for it. Lynn's gonna oh, step might. forward and be like, uh, "Mr. Stoneheart, I'll I'll take care of this one." And I'm gonna give this was this was Anne speaking, right? I'm gonna give Anne. Uh, yeah. 14 gold and say or sorry two per day so mm -hmm. i'm going to give an 28 gold and say sometimes mr stoneheart's business runs a little longer than than we expect so i just want to make sure that there's you know enough time and like hands her the gold and then fedora just be my lady and steps back <laughs> well that's uh that's my kind of you i i mean if you all change your mind about rent and rooms uh we got them starting at five uh five gold pieces a night and you know if you really want to splurge we got them we, we go up from there so um we're going to be having a lovely uh i think we have you know one of the one of the really kind of beneficial things of where this uh this particular inn is located is that we have a beautiful view of the the night sky and there's going to be uh some uh some beautiful star fallings within the next uh, week or so so um if you all are around and just kind of, even if you're not staying here, feel free to stop by and uh, we can all hang out on the back porch and have some tea or something and uh, lovely night. That, that, that might be nice after a long day of business, but you know, at least we know we have a safe place out on the outskirts of town to uh, bed down if we need somewhere to stay. Well, you're gonna have to find some place to stay, but uh, you're always welcome here, of course. There are there are finer establishments once you get a little bit further into the inner part of the city. Of course, there's a uh, the Gilded Lily is uh, probably the highest end uh, of the uh, the establishments that we have in the town. But of course, you 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 pay for your location there because you're you're in the in the middle. But um, we like our little area on the outskirts. But you were uh, mentioning business. What uh, what kind of business, if you don't mind me prying, what kind of business are you all here to do? Um, well, we have uh, some friends up at the uh, up at the temple that we've come to see. Um, we actually are. We came here mostly just with the name. Um, uh, is there like a? historical reference or like a library um i'm sure i've got the name is a uh, i believe it's kel is uh one of our contacts uh he's a historian of types but um i'm not very familiar with gold break on where to where to seek out intellectuals now i don't know uh a kel per se but uh at least not the one you're you're referring to that I can think of, but uh, within the inner city, there is an archive, the Grand Archive, uh, that is just full of tomes of, you know, historical documents. 
If they're a historian, uh, at the very least, you will likely be able to, you know, maybe find them pouring over some books there, or they may work there. Who knows? Oh, that's that's really really kind of you to uh, offer up that. Um, but yeah, that's most people just connecting with. Yeah. Um, awesome. Is yeah, there, I mean, yeah. Is there Go anybody else it. here? Is it just um, six of us or five of us inside, I guess? Uh, so you see, uh, I mean, there are definitely some people that were kind of sitting on the patio talking, uh, you know, multitudes of races, uh, you know, just kind of seemed like people, they didn't pay you really much mind at all, maybe look, glanced over at you, but then went back to their conversations. They're just kind of sitting on the porch. Um, you know, kind of engrossed in conversation with each other, just kind of all around the, you know, the wraparound porch. You, you maybe see, like, in total, like, you know, between five and eight people uh, total at this place so far. And it's, it's pretty large, so it, it's it's not like, it's pretty sparsely uh, populated, it seems. Lots of and then can space. I do an investigation check on what I think the type of elf uh, Calvin might be? And yeah, roll for it. Uh, roll me a history check. Uh, history or investigation? History. Oh, history would uh, probably be, be best. Okay. Uh, seven on that one. Okay. Um, based on the tone of the, the darker skin, uh, the more tan skin, like you have tan skin, but it's a different hue. It's more of a greenish tint to it. Um, you would best guess that this is um, some potentially some sort of wood elf. Okay. And Milady, I just wanted to know. I had a couple questions for you. You mentioned there's a a starfall. What what exactly is that? That sounds that sounds absolutely amazing. And if you have sight of it, I, I don't think I've ever experienced one before. Oh, of course, yeah, um, yeah. We have. There's kind of a unique phenomenon during uh, this time of year where uh, there are essentially breaches in the plane that uh, are kind of you know, you know, we don't really know what they are. They, uh, they could be some sort of, uh, you know, something, something coming in. We don't, it's not, not it, I mean, it's been going on for years, but they're just these, these multicolored streaks across the sky that uh, happen around, uh, you know, within the next month or so. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's quite lovely to look upon. I wouldn't be alarmed by it. It's, it seems like it's, uh, you know, it's been going on for, uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, something to, to be appreciated these times of years. Oh, Milady, I think you've misunderstood me. I was very interested in it. Would love to, you know, maybe help Mr. Stoneheart back here in time to, to witness it. What, when is that? Sounds incredible. Sounds like a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, it, pretty much as soon as it gets, uh, becomes nightfall, uh, they're kind of sporadic. So, um, you know, generally around, uh, you know, anywhere, uh, between it, it every day you know, kind of between, oh yeah, of course, of course. They, uh, generally sometime during the night, uh, you'll, you'll start to see them. And if you, uh, see those streaks across the sky, make sure you make your way over here. we got the best vantage point in the, uh, the whole city, as far as I'm concerned. And Glenn, it's kind of like, or what you said, is, thank you so much. It's very interesting. I'm, I'm sure we'd love to Love to get back here once Mr. Stoneheart finishes some of his business. And Glenn's going to kind of lean over to uh, Rangram and go, if the cart can fly, 
at night. Can you imagine what the cart can fly or what the cart can do when the stars are falling? We should probably try to see what's going to happen around that time because that sounds super fucking cool, but says it all very quietly. I agree, but we need to make sure that that falls in Mr. Stoneheart's schedule. True, 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 true. Incredible. So all, what would you all like to do? Uh, Mr. Stoneheart, are you, you hungry at all? I mean, this is a, a gorgeous Airbnb. It looks like literally the forest has encouraged it to uh, present itself to, to us. It, it, sorry, and are those trees, were they there and you built the house around it? Or how did that happen? Because we've seen something similar in the past uh with a friend of ours but was curious if that might be something you did yourself oh yeah that's <laughs> that, that's definitely my doing it's uh you know a little bit of uh pizzazz but i find myself having uh quite the green thumb and she kind of lifts her like mottled green hand up and goes uh, I, I don't know if you've uh if you encountered uh, many of my type before but um us dryads seem to find themselves uh able to kind of uh have the uh, the nature, you know, nature kind of comes to our beck and call. And I figured that it would be nice to incorporate it uh, into as much of this structure as possible. It's, uh, it's definitely beautiful what you've done here. Um, definitely a big fan. So, Mr. Stoneheart, is there anything you want to do while we're here? Or are you ready to kind of take your business into town? Yeah, into town, I, I think I'm ready to uh, explore the town a bit. Head on over and uh, let's we'll seek out the Grand Archive and uh, find find our friend, shall we? The Grand Archive it is. After you, Mister Stoneheart. He's gonna hold the door for Cosmo, just like really leaning into this trope right now. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, actually, and I did have one last question for you, or you know, maybe Calvin, you might be able to answer. Um, Mr. Stoneheart is, you know, of a specific type of civility. We try to, you know, keep him on the safer side of town. Not that he can't handle himself. It's it's actually truly shocking the power that he harnesses just within himself. But uh, was curious if there's maybe a part of town we should avoid, maybe like a like a rougher part of town where you might not want Barry or Kevin to maybe wander into the, the seedier side of things. You know, we like to make sure he's safe and unprovoked yeah uh calvin uh being kind of like coming like i think he was kind of arranging some things like maybe so doing like wrapping some silverware and napkins and like doing some some different kind of chores uh you know preparing uh different different for a, a you know a future meal or whatever the case may be just just busying himself some different tasks kind of looks up uh yes i would probably recommend that uh uh, trying to think what was the worst part of the town. The far east and the far west parts of the town seem to be the, uh, what did you use the term, seediest, I guess. Maybe stay away from there during the later hours. It, um, uh, if, you've, if you've run into that old temple in the west, you've gone too far. And uh, if you run into Thad's in the east, you've gone too far. 
maybe just, uh, you don't need to stay in the city center. Uh, generally, they will kind of, uh, gets a little harder to enter and leave from that as, uh, as the sun goes down. But the closer you are to the city walls, generally the safer you are. And the, uh, that's probably what the rule set I would stick to. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because we actually, you know, unfortunately had a run in with them uh, on our way into town. We, you know, had to get a wheel replaced, whatever it might be. I, I can't necessarily remember what started that conversation, but uh, they did see our cart. So if you might be able to, you know, maybe keep some doors closed on the stables that our, our girls are a part of. Of course, Mr. Stonehearts carriage is just of the utmost important and we don't want to uh, upset him and, you know, threaten high livelihoods, right? You, you understand and like kind of looks over Rangram like uh, we're gonna get murdered if anything happens to the cards. Certainly making ourselves feel of the soft manner currently. Um, uh, Calvin, uh, Ka Calvin kind of like nods his head understandingly and smiles and goes, Anne has her ways of making sure that things are secure around here. And she kind of uh, smiles and like you see her kind of raise her hands up and the wooden floor beneath uh, her kind of like sprouts these vines that kind of come up and like go up into a, it like form this like kind of knotted, what looks similarly like a, a lock. Like it basically makes this simulcra of like a lock made out of uh, twigs and roots. And uh, she looks over and goes, yeah, we ever ever not. I pretty much. Uh, I'll make sure that uh, that that uh, barn of ours is uh, locked up, nice and tight. So uh, make sure to let you make sure that you get everything out of there you might need uh, during the evenings, so that I don't have to, you know, kind of undo my my handiwork, uh, you know, more than once a day. Well, yeah. uh, just so you, just so you are aware, sir. Um, if Mister Stoneheart finds the particular need for his belongings, I'll, I'll, I will talk to you forthright on that matter um, in your head. Is he okay? He, what, <laughs> uh, what my friend is uh, trying to communicate is um, he has a special way of telepathically communicating. Uh, sending a message, if you will, that um, you just hear in your uh, inner conscious, and it's it can be very alarming. But ah, uh, uh, yes, I I am familiar with these with these magics. It's a, uh, it's it's no big deal. We will, if you need to get into your into your carriage, uh, Anne and I, of course, will make sure that you can. It was just more a. A question of uh, of if you can avoid it. Nat naturally, uh, only if it is urgent and cannot wait. Well, if there's anything that we can do, uh, please let Anne or I know, and we will be happy to do our best to help. Certainly, uh, enjoy the rest of your your day. And you, as 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 they're leaving, Glenn's going to turn around and. One last time, do a milady. Yeah, and, I knew it. And he's going to float a sleep mushroom towards Anne with his mage hand and say, 
some rare nature you might not see around these parts. And he's not going to squeeze it. He's just going to like set it on the countertop. He's like, be careful with that one. And he's just going to turn around and leave. Okay. Yeah. I think that, uh, I, I think that Anne, uh, kind of <laughs> looking like, I can't, I think she looks a little bit like, like at the constant ladies is a little bit like, Ugh. and then, uh, as soon as you put the, uh, the, the mushroom on the counter, like she's, she does look intrigued. So she, she kind of heads over there and, uh, starts, uh, Calvin and, and her seem to be uh, examining it. But yeah. So, uh, you all are headed where are you all headed. Looking at the map. 20s, so closed minded is going to be closed. Glenn definitely wants to go to closed well, it's, minded. It's definitely closed. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I'll, I'll come <laughs> to you and I'll kill you. Um, yeah, I guess, so Glenn, no longer melading, um, walks up to the guys and goes, So, I mean, I think we just head to the Temple of the Seven. I think I'm pretty unrecognizable with this amazing hat, but uh, I feel like we should probably do up a little bit of your facial features. Rankrim, you you probably are unrecognizable, but Cosmo, being the the head of the the oh my god, what the fuck is your last name? Stone Fist, or sorry, Stoneheart Boulder Company. Uh, might you be, forgot Mister Stoneheart's last I just, name? I literally just said it a hundred times. <laughs> Oh, Rangram, they're out of earshot. You can drop it, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Stoneheart. where to, Mr. Stoneheart? And he's going to ball tap him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, definitely, definitely make an attack roll. Do you? Yeah, make, do you make an attack on Glenn? No, it's. Wait, is it on me or is it on oh, Cosmo? No, it's on Cosmo. Yeah, where to, Mr. Oh, okay. Stoneheart? And then he goes to yeah, ball tap Yeah, him. make an do unarmed attack. Do you penetrate his codpiece? um that's a that's a 15 in unarmed attack would it just be strength yeah so 18 okay. just against my armor class yeah that i'm just gonna like no luckily i'm i'm right-handed so it doesn't hurt that bad you I, you hit him in the cod piece and it just dings like a bell but yeah, it doesn't damage it's like him. the metal Ooh. hand right on his metal armor it's probably pretty loud oh Dung. Oh man. Well, I say we uh I mean Cosmo, you're, you're you're wearing the robes. I can I can do a quick, you know, a dash of a disguise. I've I've done plenty of you know makeups in my day. I can make you look like completely unrecognizable. I, I have a couple glimpses of some of the types of people you might see around Thad's. Or we can just go in the how you are straight to the temple and go from there. But I well. imagine our time to the temple is going to be pretty tough. Uh, probably good that we uh, try to find a way to disguise me. Just a, a just a tit. We definitely don't want to take that armor off. That's the only thing I can think of is a lot of people make that mistake. They're like, oh, we'll take the armor off. We'll be unrecognizable. And it's like, you're without fucking armor. Why would you ever even? It's uh, stupid. Kid, yeah, I mean, if I get spotted, I mean, my face is still the same. Yeah, exactly. Okay, give me, just sit on this stump over here and give me like maybe 10 minutes. I can, you've always, what color is Cosmo's hair? It's brown, right? It's brown. 
Right. Okay. You've always kind of struck me as a blonde. I might be able to, you know, maybe work some highlights in, lighten it up a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we we shave the mustache and it comes back in like 36 hours. I don't really know how it works for dwarves, but it's alarming at which you guys grow facial hair. What kind it of, works what the kind same of way as Santa Claus. For? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shaves it gone. But uh, just only semi permanent if you could and don't touch the beard you want you want light up top dark below uh you know they're gonna ask you if the carpets match the drapes and the other drapes i'm not really sure i want you to do anything to me anymore from my head my hair my mustache you scare me I, I, I plan to keep it above the shoulders if that's what you're asking what Rangram's gonna do, I can't. I can't speak to. But well, I mean, if this isn't good enough, and he's, I still have Madame Marsha's like red cloak that basically yeah. obscured her like whole body and like covered her face. It's like, and you know, in a pinch, I can kind of do that thing where I go invisible if I'm not in direct sunlight. So I'll just stand brooding in the background. I also think we're probably going to run into a lot of anti-magic magic once we make our way in towards the center of this town. I'm, I'm just going to presume once we once we start getting closer to buildings that might have importance, uh, the magic side of efficacy might drop. So I'm going to add some effects, some some disguise to myself. I'm happy to do the same for you guys, but I just kind of need to know what you guys want to look like. Um, and add some underglows to himself. Just uh, keep just keep it light, and um, I don't know. Yeah, just do something right. with the hair, and then we'll try. I don't know. That seems seems a little risky, but we'll do our best. Okay, for Cosmo, I'm going to because he's going to have big old robes that cover the armor of gleaming, but I'm going to make sure that like all of the ties are like cinched up all of like around the like the shoulders it's all there's no gleaming that's gonna ideally sneak out unless something happens like i'm gonna do my best to make sure that the the clothes does a lot of the work mm -hmm. um and then and i'll also describe this but i'm gonna try to based off the photo i saw of cosmo's father i'm gonna try to make cosmo look as as little like his mother and more like his father as possible because like no one's really seen his dad in years yeah. right um so, and sid i believe bobby would have had black hair just based on his name okay so gonna like i have a disguise kit i don't know what that means but i have one uh <laughs> i'm gonna take the time you've got to... it all you you got a full jonathan van s like uh thing in there if you really there wanted to I love it. That's the inspiration, and that's what I'm going for. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make him look as much like Sid as possible, and I'm going to also make it just look fucking fabulous. Like he's gonna be like a stunner, straight um, stunner. I love we, it. So we, uh, we lean in heavy into the whole Mister Stoneheart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Mister with like the next several episodes. Letters. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm picturing, Perfect. I'm picturing, so like, Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, and same with UBK because you're doing this, but like, I'm picturing like, you know, hair has been dyed black or like darkened for the time being. And like Cosmo's mohawk that's like always pushed over one side has been now like parted in the middle and like pulled back. Like, Ooh, yeah, so with like, the ponytail. Like, yeah. So it looks like oh, that, it looks completely different. Yeah. Yep. I support that. Um, a little, a little more, you know, adding a little bit of a, a smoky eye just to give him that look, you know, that like I'm important. Look, I've, I've done this shit before. <laughs> Do you put on any like fake scars or anything like that on him? Uh, no, I fill those scars in because he's been okay. fucked up so much by the red. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm sure he's got some like gnarly things coming down the sides. Just like, oh, it's like he probably hasn't yeah. even seen that. Well, I don't know when he saw his mortal last, wound but... in his chest. Oh yeah. It's still absolutely. just there. The hole, just a gaping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to make him look as much as much like his unfortunately dead father as uh, I can, so people don't have a reference point. And then uh, looks over to Rams like Rangrim. I mean, look at my work; it's it's impeccable. Would you like to partake? Well, I don't want you putting any makeup on me. You can't touch my beard, and unless you found out a way to make me grow hair. Oh yeah, my god, no, I have actually, an idea. I do have an idea. It's and then John go. <laughs> it's you can have Genevieve pretend to be a wig. Oh my god. Uh yes. <laughs> Fucking phenomenal. Glenn is going to uh take his hat off and set it down on the stump and say, uh Genevieve, I need you to hold this form as long as you can. And if you get hungry. Just give me like a little indication. I'll sneak you some food. And Glenn is going to take three inches of his hair and like the whole thing and just cut three inches off. So he's got like, I imagine that's a lot of hair. I don't, I've never had that yeah. much hair. But yeah. he's going to like put a lot of it in his pocket and he's going to hand her like three or four strands of it and be like, be the longest, biggest hat you can think of. Go. She just like eats the eats the hair and just immediately like becomes this flowing like like just hair metal band wig. It yep. just like <laughs> kind of flows out onto this stump um, and is just like in, absolutely like impeccable. And so Glenn's hair is like a, a a super light blonde, right? Or is it white? Oh, it's it's fucking platinum. I mean, it's okay. like yeah, it's black. Yeah. Platinum you can practically blonde, yeah. you can practically see through it. If like the breeze hits it fast enough. It's, it's translucent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like polar bear hair. Yeah. Oh, for silkiness. And he's got a... The like, looks like like both Gandalfs. He's got like the gray, the gray ashy and the, yeah. white beard and then like the sleek Saruman white hair. Totally. Yep. That's it. It's Gandalf Love the it. white. Full full stop. He just sets it on. It's like... I have already forgotten who you are. I, that's that's a hell of a disguise. Might be just like a, a good general look for you. It's kind of, have you seen yourself? It's kind of cool. Uh, I haven't, and Rengram's just tossing his hair back and forth. <laughs> um, I can't say I, I hate it. It feels really weird because I know that this isn't hair. 
you guys also, see the suction eyes. cups on the scalp too right it's like yeah. it's it's yeah, yeah like, exactly it's tentacled down it's how it's holding itself on so it doesn't fall off and you see like much like the monster book of monsters like two eyes kind of yes. open up like right above rangram's eyes in the hat uh, or in the hair and just kind of peek out for a minute and then it's like close and Glenn's gonna like like a treat, hand her a couple strands of hair, be like, you're doing great, Genevieve. The front part of the hair, right? Like just above your hairline opens up in a mouth. More of the hair. This oh. is a horror show. I'm gonna have this, nightmares. This is my this. this is my absolute favorite. I can't again. It's more of a Rocky horror picture. I mean, I didn't think it could get better show. than the fedora made of granola like that sentence is your fedora made of granola I was like what could be better than that uh my friend's hat that's a mimic that was made out of granola is now a hair metal wig just a bunch of hair all the where hair. else can you do this where else can you do this but D &D? D &D right, and you Party know what City. how many times with dungeons and dragons have we said sentences for the, the first time <laughs> in human existence right yes. proof and then um, Glenn's gonna do nothing to change his appearance. Just keep walking. Um, I, I, <laughs> okay, so um, you all are heading uh, heading closer into the into the town. Um, so you, you guys are heading towards the inner city then. Yeah, I think so. I think we're headed for the gate. So maybe headed up past like the city market. Just kind of make yes. our way through that. Okay. I was gonna say, is the city market? Is any of that? Nothing's really open yet, right? It's still all very closed, or was it? Yeah, the city market was starting to starting to like kind of open up, or like was getting set up when you guys were walking through it originally. It's probably been about an hour since then, so like it's mm. things are things are starting to open up. But you're you're on your way over there um, when uh, yeah, and you're, you're you all are walking your way over there, kind of just taking in the sights um, of the city when Glenn uh, suddenly just to your the right of you like you uh you don't feel a presence at all like you don't you don't feel a presence of a person you're very topped into that like you you can tell when there's someone near you pretty quickly uh you just you just hear this voice goes well now i thought that it was gonna take you all a little longer to get here into town but maybe it's time that uh we all go see the baron what do you think about that and you turn to your right and you see Zephyr. Uh, and to describe Zephyr, uh, since it's been a while since we've run into him, I think episode 40-something. Uh, uh, if you want to go back, I, I know for a fact it was called, the episode was called uh, High High Profile. That's what it was. Mm. Uh, it was The episode was called High Profile. It's in the 40s. But anyway, uh, you turn to your right and you see Zephyr, uh, who is a, a dark-skinned gentleman who's wearing a kind of uh you know a western kind of cowboy hat-esque thing made out of leather uh and you know kind of wearing a tight uh you know tight leather doublet uh with just you know kind of similar like you know tight leather pants that have um a couple belts hanging off them wearing boots uh all of this is made out of like a you know kind of a, a dark uh you know kind of a dark leather and uh you see the you know four to five wands that are kind of on in holsters at his side uh, and just kind of looking over at y'all and goes, I mean, it has, it has been a while, so maybe uh, 
time we finally, you know, go take care of the things that need to get taken care of, huh? And Glenn, like, was looking out the corner of his eye, immediately recognized it was Zephyr because of the fact that he knocked on the Baron's door about an hour and a half ago. Uh, just, without even breaking pace, just keep walking straight. He says, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a couple invitations open for us, but uh, you're gonna have to take us to where we need to go. This city is quite sprawling and we don't know where the fuck we are. But when you make that kind of uh, <laughs> entrance into town, I think that you're gonna, you're generally gonna get a, you know, a couple invitations. In, in Thieves Camp, Glenn's gonna say, yeah, the gnome really did not cover his tracks very well. You might want to nip that bud if you can. You just uh, you just catch Zephyr uh, gives you a little smirk and a nod, and uh, just kind of jerks his head to the side and uh, starts leaning you down a kind of like small alleyway uh, to your right. It's kind of between the houses, between these like uh, you're you're. I'll say that like. Based on the map, um, you're near the uh, the city market, but you haven't made it there yet. And he kind of like tilts his head towards like, it's kind of this small alleyway that's leading towards uh, like down the backside of these uh, kind of smaller shops and residential homes. Uh, Glenn's gonna come to a stop, like as, as he's going and he's gonna turn to his dwarven companion and say, uh, you guys wanna go with me or do you guys wanna keep going to the temple. I think there's conversations to be had on both sides and Cosmo, I know this might not be a conversation we'd be a part of. I, would, I mean, I just got into this really good disguise. It's, it looks like it's alarmingly good looking. It's, it's kind of crazy. And then, and he like points to gesture dreams, like the hair, it's like, I'm, it's like, I have like two new partners. It's crazy. Why don't Cosmo, you do the temple. I'll go talk to the Baron and Brangrim dealer's choice. Well, it's up to you boys, Cosmo. Do you need, um, I feel like you're going to be safer at the temple with Bryn than, um, you know, Glenn with like whoever the fuck this guy is. Yeah, I think um, I think that feels right. Uh, why don't you go and back up, Glenn, and I'll uh, make my way over to to Bryn. Can I make the insight or history check of what Bryn's religion is? Did, was there ever a conversation in which Bryn was like, "Fuck yeah, the seven versus like fuck the seven you know what i mean or if he just doesn't care at all yeah i don't think you have his not within this campaign i mean so within our recorded campaign but outside of that you might have had conversations with them yeah roll me a history check just like trying to think of if we're just feeding <laughs> cosmo to like two devout followers of the seven uh history um a nat 20 Let's uh, go. Oh, shit. That was crazy. Let's go. Okay. 
Um, and it's okay. fuzzy dice, so yeah. it looks so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, damn, <I> it. <laughs> you have the fuzzy dice? Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these fuzzy dice that you, no one can see uh, brought to you by uh, D&D Beyond. But um, so yeah, so I'll give you a couple things because I'm at 20. You, when going through the book, reading about the family, you uh, know for a fact that the Goldbreaks, their kind of family god, the main one that they followed was Arathis, um, the goddess of civilization. That was like their one of their main main gods that they followed. Um, that's like their you know their their family patron or whatever. Um, of course, like you know, there's there's multitudes underneath that, like all the the good gods like Bahamut, things like that. Like some there's th those are also you know fall to some extent, but for the most part, Arathis was their main deity. Um, you get the feeling from the time you spent with Luther that they probably did have a, a, a deity at some point, but Luther has gone through so much in his life that I think at this point, not only seeing the actual fall of the gods, uh, you know, living through that, but also just everything that he's gone through. And I think that he just, at this point, he's, he's in a much more like, you get the feel that he's just in a fuck it state like doesn't care okay um okay. and you know it, he has he doesn't seem to have a strong uh strong opinion either way um because it was an at 20 can i ask a follow-up question no kidding, yeah of course <laughs> uh, <I> mean, <laughs> the fucking dm man i can tell you I, I was just curious like through that book could i gleam let's do like a yes no style of do I think the silver stream follow the seven? Do I think the bronze guard follow the seven? Do I think the black worms follow the seven? Or would I not be able to glean that much from? So the book started much more historical and it was really, so uh, one thing I think, I, I don't think I mentioned this. Um, the book itself was written by a gold break family member. It was penned by someone uh, oh, okay. named, named Quim. Uh, so Quim was a, uh, was a it was Quim Goldbreak at some point in history uh they it was this thing was um this was written um honestly it probably wasn't like it it might have even been hmm I'm gonna say that it really didn't have much to do with the actual like fall of the gods 50 years ago um so you don't even know whether or not it actually was uh like you know whether like it doesn't talk about the, the a new god being picked uh and it doesn't talk about the other families either as if we don't know when the book was written yeah basically mm -hmm. it was like it's more of a like it was more of a journal kind of situation like it was it was kind of a, a, a someone's personal thing they took this on it wasn't like it was published this is probably the only copy of this book that exists okay very cool okay then then the answer is no and i i support that I mean, that fully. Okay, that's very. You cool. would you probably guess that at this point all the families follow the seven uh, because they have to. right, and like the, the way that power and politics yep. are all involved, then for sure. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, Rangram, definitely come along. You've you're more than capable of holding your own. I just want to make sure that Cosmo, when you when you get there, you make sure you're not a. Uh, walking into something one a trap two oh. a nap i guess because last time you just fell asleep on your face and that was not a good look so well i mean i'm just gonna have to go it alone and make sure i don't uh i'll do my best 
I don't know. You can come meet the Baron. You can come with us. I just know that's a part of the part of town that you might not want to be. Also, I'm saying this very quietly. One, so Zephyr can't hear, and two, we're not in the middle of the town to be like the Baron's down the street. The Baron, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys are standing in this in this narrow, like at the mouth of this narrow alleyway, and Zephyr is sitting there tapping his foot, leaning against the wall, looking like you know very cool, but also very impatient as you guys are having this conversation. Then looks over, like twiddle on about it, and looks back to Cosmos, like, "What do you want to? What do you want to do?" Not sure. I mean, I feel bad like trying to handle these things all by myself, but uh, I also really. heebie-jeebies but i also don't want you guys to commit me to something that i don't want to be a part of so well uh, uh to be real with you on that one cosmo i mean i trust the guy you're going to meet up with and i mean you got some things to figure out at that temple i don't trust this dickhead in this alley all right but it's fair then so, the, like, if Zephyr's I go to eyes, resurrect somebody, there's a good chance it's going to be uh, Glenn. And Zephyr's just, eyebrows are working back. his way farther up his head. Just yeah, like this. He's like, so he, mad. He's starting to look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson as this is just getting going long further and further. The amount of disrespect. Uh, Glenn's going to kind of extend an arm towards Cosmo and just, like, I promise you that I will not promise you to anything for the Baron. Any con- contracts I make, you will be left out of it. All right. And like the most sincere you've probably ever seen, Glenn. All right. Well, then I guess just don't get yourself killed and I'll uh, I'll help whatever sort of mess maybe you end up in. I'll, I'll probably help because you're my friend. Uh, Baron strikes me as someone who works slowly, too. I don't think it's going to be anything very quick and just remember this town's not that big and he's going to put like a finger to his earwig and goes you'll always be able to find me oh. he's going to like kind of turn oh, that's right I forgot about that walkie talkies <laughs> great Wiggy, a Wiggy mile talkies. long walkie talkie <laughs> I forgot about that that's so tight Wiggy talkies great well uh, let me know that Air you're wigs. safe that's what we call them airwigs Airwigs, airwigs. Nice. Air I like it. Nice, yeah. And then we always we split at the we split at the alley. With two of us go with okay. Zephyr, and Cosmo goes okay. towards the temple. Okay. Um. So yeah, you all split, and uh, we're gonna follow uh, Glenn and Rangrim real quick. So um, you follow behind uh, Zephyr, who is walking at a probably purposefully fast pace at this point, with a little bit of frustration. Um, both of your perception checks, I will say this because you've experienced it before. Uh, he is leaving zero footprints in the, in the ground. Like they are, there are, he's not making any sound and there are no footprints that he is leaving. Um, so I think last time you did a percent, you did a, a arcana check on it too. And you know that he is not, that is I, a, yeah. I already assumed he wasn't here. That's it's why a mirror image or waiting. something. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew he was already. Glenn already knew he was at his destination, so him waiting to get to his destination meant jack shit to Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, so you all, uh, you all follow Zephyr down this uh, this narrow alleyway, and eventually he leads you to this what looks like a little ramshackle hut 
of a, a building, like just small single room building. Uh, and Zephyr just kind of walks to the door and says, well, I'll be seeing you all inside and disappears uh, in an instant, just, just like as the door, like uh, basically kind of like just with as much like no like no respect just kind of like looks at you all and just disappears um and the door opens wide uh and it is just pitch black kind of inside but you can see like some some flickers of candlelight um in the kind of distance uh glenn's gonna look to rangram and he's gonna say like in stride as we're approaching it right he's gonna say uh Rangram, I need you to have as much of those <laughs> the metagame for it, but have as much of those spells ready to uh, make sure another spell doesn't take effect as you can. We um, quite literally walking into the belly of the beast, but there's always a business venture to be had, so well, cooler, uh, cooler heads will prevail here. But I mean, I'm going to let you do the talking, but I kind of hate this cloak and dagger shit that he's going to throw his hair over his shoulder. And as I do that, I'm going to cast Thaumaturgy to make all of any candle in the room glow brighter. Okay. Um, the uh, the candlelight inside uh, flares uh, suddenly from this like single solitary candle. Um, and then I think quickly, quickly dims back down. Uh, but you, you, you definitely heard like a uh, kind of a, a sound of like not like alarm, but like a surprise uh, from inside that room. Um, I will say this though, seems in in like uh, it doesn't seem properly as like the the shack is super small. The light that flared and like the depth of the light doesn't seem to be congruous with that at all. It seems like. There's some some chicanery going on here. I give like a very sly smile to Rangrim. Said, "Love the way you work, my friend," and just kind of like step right in front of him and step in, probably like with a good amount of distance to kind of impose the uh, the fact that this is my business. You're you're dealing like the Baron is dealing with me. This is my contract. Trying to give that air to it. It's like leave him as much out of as possible. Okay, Glenn uh, and Rangram, you walk into this space through this door, and you walk into just like you cannot see walls. You cannot see anything really. It is just dark all around you. And you can see like the floor, this wooden, this like scrubbed wooden floor in front of you that is leading towards this single solitary desk in the middle of the room that's maybe 30 feet from you. And sitting behind that uh, desk, you see a figure who's kind of like, uh, who's kind of like rubbing their eyes. Um, and you recognize the figure immediately as uh, your previous, uh, the you know, the, your previous friend in Tintown, uh, or who you thought was your friend in Tintown, uh, Doss. Now you know them as uh, the Baron. Um, and sitting next to them, also rubbing their eyes, standing next to them is Zephyr. Uh, and the only other thing you can see in this room is 
to your right, uh, you see a, like, just inexplicably, a DOS dog cart that is just sitting in this dark space in this room. And uh, you hear, like, rubbing their eyes, uh, the Baron kind of looks up and goes, Ah, man, that was quite a trick. That was, uh, that was quite a trick. Okay. All right. Yeah, I kind of explained to him last time about how, you know, our community is all about entrances and exits, and I think he kind of took that to heart. It was it was a good one though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was something that was something real special. All right, listen, I need to apologize about last time. You guys kind of caught me at a bad time, Just a little bit, you know my pants down a little bit. Not really generally how I like to be caught. So let's just chalk that up to that unpleasantness a little bit as, um, you know, the situation. So here, let's be, let's be friendly. We can be cordial. We can be friends. You know, I, you know, I'm just your, you know, you just, just pretend I'm just your friendly neighborhood, you know, DOS dog vendor. Do you want a DOS dog? Do you want to, do you want to, you want to partake? Rangrim, I know is always your favorite. Um, you know, I I think I'm all set. I I think I'm all right. Okay, if you change your mind, and he kind of like uh, looks over at the cart, and you see uh, like the thing open up, and like just no one's making them, but you just see like this the makings of all these DOS dogs, like all the fixins and everything like that, exactly how you would have been ordering them from uh, DOS in the past, just kind of make like three or four of them and just set themselves uh, on their little, their little boats on the cart. Um, and just setting them on the side goes, is in case you get hungry. But uh, listen, let's just cut to the chase here. You all, are you all feeling, you know, I know you're talented. I know you have things you've done in the past and I don't want to waste your time. I got important things to do. You got important things to do. Do you want a warm-up job or do you want to go, you know, for the big boy job? What are you feeling? Uh, you know, generally contractually, it's, there's a request and there's, acceptance of it i don't really get to control the request so what do you need most so that's what i like to hear that's we you know simpatico you and i we got this uh you got this down pack listen the warm-up jobs basically just to you know i would be giving that to someone who i uh you know haven't worked with in the past but you know i trust you guys and you know, worst case scenario, you don't, you don't get through it. You die. And Hey, what's, you know, what's this get off my back there, but this is something I need to get done. And I'm not going to admit you're not the first persons to try it, but hopefully the first persons that'll make it through. I need something. I need something from the palace and it's not going to be easy but that's why I'm going to pay you a lot. See, there's a certain book and I don't want to hear any laughing. I don't want to hear any guff. I'm a collector of sorts. The emperor has, uh, let's just say a special edition copy of one of my favorite books. I'm sure you've heard of it. The Three Titans. 
And uh, Ooh, it hasn't. So what I'm gonna need from you all, I need you to steal a book from the emperor. And that is where we're gonna leave the session tonight. Mm. Fuck. That'll be <laughs> Let's easy. Let's piss off the empire more. Looking, right. Looking at the map, it should be real easy to get into that, right? Oh yeah, no, it's not definitely right in the middle. Uh, I mean, it's right by the arena, so you can like, you know, bing, bang, boom, steal a book, go check out the arena, say hi to Kosha. We're good. Kosha's at the arena. Oh shit, she is at the arena. She should be. Oh, we got a we got a girl on the inside. Oh, we're Lynn, set. You gotta work your charm. We're set. What are you talking about, locks? I'm looking at you. She only liked me for the hair. She's got the hair and the beard. I feel like like Rangram thinks he looks like like Gandalf the White or like Lucius Malfoy, but just looks like the dungeon master from the animated DD <laughs> series. <laughs>